Welcome, ladies. Beruchim and Msaim. And today we're up to Parashat Hayesara. Uh, this is a homage class. You'd serve yourself well if you had a homage in front of you, just so you could appreciate uh, some of the analysis that we're going to make. The only way you can analyze the parasha is by studying the words. Now, you could trust me. I'm a rabbi, I wouldn't lie to you. But if you have the book in front of you, you'll appreciate it more. We have Hamashim uh, in the hall. Anyway, the parasha is devoted to, at least in the beginning, to the, uh, to the death of Sarah Imenu and then to her burial. And the Torah spends a lot of space, at least 20 pesukim, talking about the acquisition of Ma'arat HaMachpelah, which is in Hebron. I mean, the Torah cannot elaborate more than it does in explaining to us every single detail in the conversations back and forth between Abraham and Ephron and Benehet until finally he acquires it and then the actual burial. Uh, this is quite uh, surprising that the Torah would spend so much time on a real estate acquisition. The pastor could have said, Sarah Emenu died, Abraham came and eulogized, and he buried her. But it seems that the Torah, for some reason, has all the time in the world and all the ink and the paper in the world to give me all the, all the details. Uh, I'd like to say that this is not the only place that the Torah mentions the acquisition. If you look at the end of our parasha, in Perek Chafheh, that's chapter 25, uh, Pasuk Tet, 25.9. So the Torah comes along and says, when Abraham passed away. I'm reading, Abraham He died in old age. Everybody knows that Sarah died in this parasha, but they also have to keep in mind, Abraham also dies in the parasha. He dies at the end of the parasha. And it says he was an old man, Zaken, Sabeya, Nice, Yitzhak and Ishmael bury him, and Yitzhak comes first. So he, that Ishmael at this point respects Yitzhak Avinu, that he is the main uh, heir of Abraham. Now where did they bury Abraham? In Ma'arat HaMachpelah. Okay, and where was the Ma'arat HaMachpelah? El Sedeh Ephron. Oh, that's the field of Ephron, Ben Sohar Ahiti, Asherat Penim Mamre. And what about this Ma'arat HaMachpelah? Hasadeh, Asher, Kana, Abraham, Me'et Ben Ehet. The field that Abraham bought from Benehet, Shama Kubar Abraham The Torah again repeats the whole, the whole sale. Instead of just saying Abraham died and they buried him in the Marat Machpelah. Oh, just in case you don't know which Marat Machpelah we're talking about, because maybe you thought there's two of them. No, it's the same one that we mentioned a couple of minutes ago in the beginning of the parasha. Then the Torah takes out the deed and starts to read the whole Hadgadya. The field that was bought from Ephron, from Benechet, and they bought it. Very, very interesting. We thought 20 pesukim was enough. And the Torah, Aaron, says it one more time. Now, I did find it one other time. <clears throat> if you go to Parashat Vayhi, Vayhi is at the end of the book of, uh, of Bereshit, chapter, uh, chapter 49. This is Yaakov Abinu telling his children about the arrangements for his funeral. He gave a last will and testament and he tells them exactly what he wants. So the Pasuk says like this I am going to be gathered into my people. That's another way of saying I'm going to die. And make sure you bury me in the I want to be buried in the cave. Okay, that's in the field of Ephron. And here we go again. In the Ma'ara, in the cave, that's That's in the place of Mamre. That's in the that's where my grandfather was buried. That's where my grandmother was buried, Sarah. That's where my parents were buried, Yitzhak and Rivka. And that's where I buried Leah. It's unbelievable. 
all, if I was writing the Pesukim, obviously I didn't, uh, Yaakov can just tell his sons, uh, please make sure you bury me in the Marat HaMachpila. Now for sure they know what the Marat HaMachpila is. I know, you mentioned the word Marat HaMachpila, you got to take out the deed. Oh, which Marat? The Marat that Abraham bought. And who did he buy from Hadgadya, Hadgadya, from Ephron, from Benayad. And the Torah goes along and says it again. Now, I was kidding when I said that this is the last time the Torah does this. There's actually one more time that the Torah goes through this whole uh, uh, history. At the end of Parashat Vayhi, when they're actually burying Yaakov Abinu, when they actually executed his last will and testament, so the Pasuk says in Perek uh, Nun, Pasuk Yud Gimal. So the children did as they were commanded. And what did they do? And they brought him to the land of Kenan. And they bury him in the Marat Machpelah. Now I know you know what's coming next. It's not going to stop there. The Marat Machpelah, wait. Marat Machpelah, you said the magic words. You triggered off. The words Marat HaMachpilah, go back to the deed, take the deed out, and the Torah says, Marat HaMachpilah, Asher kana Abraham et ha-sadeh la'uzat kever, me'et efron a'iti al-penei mamre. Can you believe this? I mean, how many times does the Torah have to repeat to me that the Marat HaMachpilah was purchased by Abraham, and then you have to tell me to buy his name, and you have to tell me the seller's name, and yet every time somebody else is getting buried in this place, the Torah deems it necessary to repeat all the, all the details. I'd just like to make one more observation before I make some more observations. So we, we read about Abraham and Sarah being buried in the Me'ara, that's this week's parasha. I just read to you how Yaakov, was buried in the Me'ara. So I think we have one more Av left. There's three Avot. So we have Yitzhak. So let's see by Yitzhak Avinu what it's going to say. I mean, I could guess. Have a good guess what it's going to say. But let me just double check. Perek Lamed here. It's in chapter 35. And it's going to be Pasuk Chavtet. So Lamed here Chavtet. Let's see exactly how this works. So the Pasuk says, Oh, here we are. Vayihyu yimei Yitzhak me'at shana u'shmonim shana. Yitzhak Abin was 180 years old. Vayigva Yitzhak. Yitzhak expired. Vayyasef il'amav. And he retires into his nation. Zaken usba'yamim, just like his father. Vayikberu oto esab Yaakov. Here, see, it's different than Abraham. Here, esab Yaakov. Esab doesn't give Yaakov the respect that Ishmael gave the respect to uh, Yitzhak. But I put that this for another class. Vayikberu oto esab Yaakov banab. And now, ladies, continue. And where did he bury him? Uh, that's the trick. It doesn't say anything. Over here it says, Period. It doesn't even tell us in the Ma'arat al-Akhpilah. Which means, if, if you're reading the Torah, you don't, have, you don't have a proof from the text that Yitzhak is buried in the Ma'arat al-Akhpilah. And now this is, makes the questions even greater. In some instances, the Torah is very verbose. And the Torah is very long. And the Torah has all the time in the world to tell us about every detail of this acquisition. And then when it comes to Yitzhak Abinu that's getting buried, he doesn't get the same courtesy of singing the, uh, the praises of the Ma'ara. It should say, and they buried Yitzhak there. Where did they bury in the Ma'ara? Which Ma'ara? And it doesn't. The question that I had is, why? Yeah, that's it. That's a simple question. I'm only asking you one question today. I'll give you the answer. I wish you a Shabbat Shalom and everybody will be on their way. That's 
It's not a hard uh, uh, class today in the sense that we know exactly what we're trying to accomplish over here. Why is the Torah writing it so many times? And then why does the Torah not write it when it comes to Yitzhak Avinu, Alav HaShalom? There was it. Now, in order to appreciate the acquisition of the Ma'arat HaMachpelah, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that many people say, well, what, what's, what's the acquisition? Abraham bought it. I mean, Ephron tried to you know, uh, swindle him for more money. And Abraham was very, very smart in the sense that he paid him full price. So nobody could ever come, actually I think he overpaid, which is the best way of doing it because nobody can contest it later on. I paid you, I overpaid you. Nobody could say, you owe us money and so on and so forth. But there is something that needs to be uh, analyzed in the parasha that I think is... um, is overlooked. If I were to ask you, what did Avraham buy from Ephron? You would say, a plot. He's buying a burial plot for Sarah Emenu. That might be true, but that's not what the Torah says. If you look in Pasuk Dalit, when Avraham is making his request, listen to the language he uses. Tenuli Ahuzat kever imachem. Now everybody knows what a kever is. That's a plot. But what is ahuzat kever? This, say it again. A holding. Very good. A holding. Ahuzat is a holding. What is Avram asking that he wants ahuzat kever? So the Mefarshim explain over here that this was not merely buying a burial plot for his wife. This actually, Abraham is asking for an estate. And Ahuzam means he wants a holding or a, a, a presence in the city of Hebron, not only for him, but for his, for his descendants, for his children, for his grandchildren. So therefore, there's two different distinct items that Abraham is interested in. The immediate item is a kever for Sarah. But Abraham, of course, is a prophet, and the prophet looks long-term, and he realizes that this place will be is not only suitable for Sarah, but it's going to be suitable also for the rest of his family. And therefore, it's not merely that he's interested in a kever. The Torah is careful and says it is a ahuzat kever. Ahuzat kever is as if to say he's buying a cemetery now. He's buying a cemetery and... If he's buying a cemetery, that means Abraham is going to have a, a presence in the city of Hebron. There's not a one-time item that he's saying, listen, I want to bury my wife here, out of convenience, because she died in Hebron, so I just want to bury her, and then you know, I'll visit her once a year on the yurt site, and uh, you know, that's it. He's not asking for that. He's saying that this is going to be the family plot, which ends up really saying that I want to have a, uh, a stake in this uh, city over here and in this, in this place. I just revealed to you a great key to understanding this perasha. Once you understand that there were two items being sold, there was an ahuzah and there was a kever, then you start to understand many things. Where do we see in the, um, in the negotiations that Abraham is hinting that he wants other of his family members to be buried. Doesn't say anything about his future. It sounds like he's only talking about the body that's in front of everybody, which is Sarah. Comes the Gaon Mevilna, Allah Shalom, and he says something incredible. The Gaon Mevilna says, and I, again, I wrote the Pesukim for you so you can see it. The Gaon Mevilna writes, that if you look, where was it over here? If you look how many times is mentioned burying, he says the word buried is mentioned no less than seven times. Listen to him, I'm going to read you. I start from Pasuk uh, David. Please give me a plot. 
and I will bury the body that's in front of me. And the Pasuk comes along and says, in Pasuk Vav, Bury your dead one. Nobody's going to stop you from burying your dead. Three. Please allow me to bury my dead in front of me. And then the Pasuk continues. Ephron answers. Take it. Bury your dead. And then the Pasuk continues. He speaks to Ephron and he says, Please, I gave you the money. Let me bury my dead. <laughs> and then the pasuk comes along and says, finally, Adunish Ma'ani. Eh, what's 400 coins between us, between friends? Bury your dead. Seven times in this Beraja. Says the Gaon, what's the seven times? He says, because Avraham was hinting that there's going to be not only Sarah, but there's actually going to be many more burials from my family in this place. After all, I don't want only a kever for Sarah. This is going to be a huzat kever. And therefore there's going to be at least six funerals and six burials. And we'll see plus one in a minute. And who are the six? There's going to be Sarah. And then there's going to be Abraham. And then there's going to be Yitzhak. And then there's going to be Rivka. And there's going to be Yaakov and Leah. So the Torah goes out of its way to mention and bury your dead. And bury it to hint that Abraham's intention was that there's going to be six people besides Adam and Haba that are going to be buried in the Marat HaMakpelah. So then the Gaon Vilna asks, well, who's the seventh? So the Rabbi Kalong says, well, we know according to the tradition that the head of Esav actually rolled in to the Me'alat HaMachpelah. So therefore, it's six Sadiqim plus the head of Esav. So they asked the Gaon, well, hold it. How do you know that the seventh one is referring to Esav? How do you know that? So he says something amazing. If you look at all the way this Torah mentions, bury your dead, it says, Kivor et metecha. Kivor, bury the dead. When it comes to the last one, it says, metecha kivor. Your dead one, bury. It reverses it. it. Says the Gaon, what's going on over here? So he says something beautiful. You ever hear the saying that the rabbis teach us that the tzaddikim... Exactly. Even when they die, they're alive. Tzaddikim b'mitatam hayim. We believe that. But if the tzaddikim are alive when they die, so what does it mean when we say that there's going to be tihayat the, 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 the dead are going to be resurrected. Well, only the tzaddikim are being resurrected. Well, the tzaddikim didn't die. So how do you say the word tihayat if they never died? So the government builders quotes a Gemara that says that even the tzaddik it says, one second before the resurrection, God's going to make him die and then resurrect him. So actually the tzaddikim, when they're buried, they're somewhat alive. And then they will die subsequently before tayyat And that's why by the sixth tzaddikim, what does it say? Kevor et metecha. Bury them and then they will die. But Esav, who even when he's alive is a rasha, even when he's alive he's dead, because the Rasha, even when he's alive, he's dead. So therefore the Pasuk says regarding Esav, Metecha Kevor. Because he was dead even before they buried him. Because he's, he's, he's dead alive. And therefore the order of the text, Kevor et Metecha, Metecha Kevor, represents uh, these, uh, these people. that were there. Now I had a, a question. But what about Adam and Eve? I mean, they were buried there as well. Shouldn't the Pasuk somewhere mention Adam Bechaba? But the Gaon doesn't say anything. The Gaon just says seven times. 
And he just says, the six avot and imahot, and Esav uh, said, and I'm asking, Adam and Haba, where were they mentioned? Yeah, but it should be mentioned in the, in the, in the, in the Pesukim over here. Again, it should say eight. But it doesn't say eight, it says six. So the explanation is like this. This is my, this is my explanation. Don't, don't, I mean, don't, don't write it in pen, write it in pencil. It's all known. Nobody should say, hey, where did he get it from? I made it up. But I believe it's true. If you look in the six times that it says, Kevoret Metecha, Kevoret Metecha, twice the Pasuk says, bury the dead, Melefanai, that's in front of me. Now, Melefanai literally means Sarah, because she was, she was in front. But Melefanai can also mean Melefanai, the one that comes before me. Bidiyuk, exactly. The one that preceded me. And Abraham is careful that word Melefanai is used twice. So it's possible that in the word Melefanai that's used twice, Abraham is hinting that not only the six going forward, but the two that are Melefanai, which is Keneged, Adam, and Haba. Now I'd like to tell you something else, which is incredible stuff. Abraham Alaba Shalom, how did he know about the Smarat Machpelah? Where did he get the idea from? So I think it's well known that when the guests came to visit him in last week's Pedashah, so it says that when he was going to slaughter the, the cows, so it says he slaughtered three cows. Abraham Abinu Alev Shalom was generous. Each one gets their own cow. And uh, it says that one of the cows, the parim, or I guess the bull, it says, Ve'ela bakar ratz. Abraham was running after the bakar. Why was he running? Because the, one of the bakars on purpose ran away and was running, and I was chasing it. Hazid just had Brit Milan has to chase a, a, a bakar. And he's running after it, and all of a sudden it runs into a cave. And Abraham all of a sudden sees a light and a candle, and he sees Adam and Hava. And he says, What is this here? What is this over here? He smells the Nayah of Gan Eden. And he realized that this bakar over here is not Stam Habakar. Actually, this Habakar over here was actually an angel. And the Zora Kadosh writes, and the Chida's father brings it down, it was the angel Rafael. Rafael that came to cure Abraham, you know, Abracadabra, turned himself into a, a, a bakar and gave Abraham a direct direction to where he should be buried. And I saw from the Hida's father that he says, that's why the angel is called Rafael. Because Rafael is the same letters as Par-El. The Par that was sent from God. Rafael Par-El. He's the Par because he came as that Par, which was really the angel to tell Abraham where he should be buried. <clears throat> now, we go further. The Ba'alaturim says, the El Habakar Ratz. If you take the word Habakar, which means the, the ox, the cow, Habakar, you know how to play Bagel? Switch to Azakar Berucha. Habakar is the same letters as Hakever, which means Habakar ended up showing Abraham Abinu where his burial place. Ve'el Habakar Ratz, Ve'el Hakever. Lots. So that's how Abraham knew that this place is a, is a special place. There's nothing to talk about. He definitely had a, a, an idea on that day. Now, when he saw... I mean, listen to the story here. When he saw Adam and Eve buried there, but they weren't buried. They were not resting in peace, as we would say. It doesn't tell us exactly what he saw, but it seems that the ground was not receiving them Properly. Why? Very good. Especially the ground was kind of upset with Adam and Hava because the ground got cursed because of Adam and Hava because they ate from the tree. Abraham 
took this very seriously. You must know that Abraham and Sarah, they dedicated their lives for many things, but one of the main missions of their lives was to rectify the sin of Adam and Haba. That was their main item. Because they knew that not only if they rectify it, it'll help us, but it'll help them. And what was the sin of Adam and Haba? They ate what they shouldn't have. And specifically they ate from a tree that they shouldn't have. And that's why the great rabbi called Sror Hamor, Rabbi Abraham Sabah from Spain, he was part of the Inquisition, one of the great, great commentators on the Torah says, that's why you'll see Abraham, he's, he's always involved with trees. You remember when Abraham opened his hotel? What does it say? Vayita Eshel. He planted a tree. He names the hotel Eshel, which is a tree. And what was that tree's purpose? To give out food and to give out lodging and, 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 and beverage. Why did he call it Eshel? I mean, we have a hotel, double tree, but what, 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 why, did he call it, why did he call it Eshel? Says Sror because he was coming to Mitaken, the Eshel of Adam Arishon that they messed up on. The tree of Adam, they ate from forbidden food. Therefore, he opens the hotel by Yitah Eshel in order to give mitzvah food, food of chesed. Not only that, when the guests come to his house, the three guests, what does he tell them? Sit under the tree. He always is making sure to do next to a tree and giving food from a tree. So he comes along and he says, When he's standing to serve them, where is he standing? Under the tree. They made the sin with the etz, and with the etz, they fixed So It's unbelievable how Avraham is always with a tree, because he's making the tikkun of the tree. And Haba, the same, was involved in making the tikkun of het etzadat from Haba's side. I will not go into it, but if you want to hear something uh, beautiful, I spoke about it at length in this week's interpretation of the Al-Sheikh. You don't know everything I do, ladies. You think I just give a class on Thursdays, but I do other things during the week as well. I didn't come to be obnoxious to tell you all my things that I do, but just now that, that I asked myself, so I'll tell you. Last year I was asked by the OU if I could say a small little piece from the Ora Haim Kadosh every week. And say a little 15, 20 minutes on the Ora Haim Kadosh, a piece from the Perasha. And we did. And they posted it on a website that they have called Old Parasha. It's called Old Parasha. And you see over there, there's a little box that says, Rabbi Mansur or Ahim Kadosh. And thank God we had good health. We were able to say from Bereshit, Vizota Beracha, we didn't miss a parasha. We went batted a thousand. Then they said, Rabbi, I said, I'm done. I did my job. I'll see you later. But they called me and said, No, no, you're not done. Now this year, we want you to present to the members the Al Sheikh Kadosh. He's one of the great commentators of Sfat 500 years ago, Sfaradi. The Arizal used to go to his classes. So you can imagine, he was a student of Rabbi Yosef Karo. Anyway, we started to present now every week on the same website called Old Parasha, a piece from the Al-Sheikh. And in this week's offering, if you listen to it, you'll hear how we explained how Hava was involved in rectifying the sin of Hava. Not with the trees, but in a, in a different way. But I will point out, Something, something amazing. The pasuk t- tells us that when Sarah is finally being buried, so Abraham makes the purchase, he buys the, he buys the field, and the pasuk always is telling us, the me'ara, the sadeh, there's a, there's a cave, there's a sadeh, and then the pasuk comes along at the end and writes like this. By Yaakov, the Ephron, Hashem, Mokhila, pasuk, Yudzayin, hasadeh, v'hameara, asherbo, and the Mepharshim come along and say, Till now, we didn't know there were any trees over here. Where did these trees come from? All we know is Abraham bought a field and a cave. 
And then at the time that Tzara is buried, it says, Vechol Ha'etz. And the Tzadikim say that Vechol Ha'etz is coming to hint to us that she made the Tikkun of Etz Adat. And therefore, miraculously, when they buried her, all of a sudden trees started to come up on the sides of the field. And Abraham realized that the Tikkun was made. And I'll show you even more. You're not going to believe this, but this is what the Surah Amor says. Everybody knows that Abraham buried Sarah on that day. But who else did he bury? <laughs> he also buried Haba. Because on that day that Sarah passed away and she made the tikkun for Etzadat, now the ground was going to accept Haba. And therefore when Abraham went in, he had a double mitzvah to bury Sarah and to go reinter the body of Adam and Havah, but specifically Havah. And where do you see it? So says the Surah Amor, something amazing. The Pasuk writes, V'aharechen, Pasuk Yotir, Kavar Avraham et Sarah. Et. Et. Now, we know every time there's an et, exactly, et comes to include if I was writing the Pasuk, Vaharechen Kabar Abraham, Sarah. He buried Sarah. Why does it say Et Sarah? Says the Srora Mor that anytime you have an Et, Et comes to include. Et Lerabot. Who's the Et coming to include? As far as we know, only Sarah died that day. It's true, she was the only one that died that day, but she wasn't the only one that was buried that day. Et Sarah, Haba was buried as well. That's how you know that she was taken. Hence the trees. Hence the trees started to sprout up as if to say, you did great. You made the tikkun of Hadad. But I even saw a beautiful explanation. Look what the language of the Pasuk is over here. The Oh. There's I don't know if you know this rule that she says it earlier on in Bereshit. There's a difference between Aharechen and Aharken. You know the difference? Like ahara de barima ele, ahar or ahare. Ahar or ahare. You see, the two uses both languages. You know the difference between them? So, so it depends. Ahar is like this. The Rashid says a rule. I trust him. His rule is like this. Anytime it says ahar, it means immediately after this, this happened. Ahar, immediately. Ahare means. There was a delay. Now here it says he bought the Ma'arat Machpelah, and right after he bought the Ma'arat Machpelah, what did he do? He buried Sarah. Why does the pasuk say Ve'aharechen? There's no delay. The pasuk should say Aharken. But there was a delay, not on Sarah's burial, but on Havah's burial. And therefore, since the Torah is trying to hint to us that now Hava was buried, but guess what? This is almost 2,000 years later from when she died. And therefore, the Parasuk is hinting to us that although Sarah's burial was immediate after the purchase, but Hava's was not. Her, her, her burial was only after a long rectification. And therefore, the Torah uses the word Vahareh. Again, you don't have to learn the parasha like this. You can read the English and just get, you know, nothing out of it. But when you start to read the words, and the word, et, and all, you start to see a different story. But again, most people don't have the patience to study these technicalities and the words. And therefore, the whole life they're limited in not appreciating what really happened. So you have to be focused and give yourself... <clears throat> some uh, uh, concentration from time to time to really analyze these petty short as they are. Now that you know what Abraham was interested in, he wasn't only interested in buying a plot for Sarah, he was buying an estate, like you said. Not a kever, but a huzat kever. Now we go further. If you look in these parashiyot, you see there's two people he's negotiating with. Ephron, which everybody knows Ephron, and then Benehet. You know Benehet? They're, they're mentioned over here. 
Benechet. Could you just identify who, what is Benechet's purpose in this? And what's Ephron? I'm assuming Ephron owns the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. We always learned that in school. And he, he paid Ephron. So what's Benechet exactly over here? Are, are they the lawyers? They're writing the documents? Is Benechet the contractor? Is Benechet the, uh, the magistrate? Who's Benechet? Why are they involved? <clears throat> Simple. If they ask you a question in second grade, who did Abraham buy the Ma'arat HaMachpelah? You'd say Abraham bought it from Ephron. And how much did he pay? 400 shekel kese. Beautiful. It's the next question. Who is Benechet? I have no idea. I have no... Well, the witnesses. Okay, very nice. The witnesses. That's a good, that's a good theory. And he witnesses, I guess, for the... Ephron uh, Haiti. So he was also Haiti. So who's Benechet? <coughs> Ladies, these are rhetorical questions. I know the answers. I'm just making it interesting. I know the answers to the questions. I wouldn't ask a question I didn't know the answer to. But watch, watch, watch the explanation. And this is, this is so beautiful. This comes from the Rashbam. The Rashbam right here on the Torah. The Rashbam is one of the Balei Tosafot. explains the Torah. He says, there's two things here. Abraham is buying two things, as I told you. He's buying an Ahuzah, and he's buying a Kebet. Ephron has a right to sell Abraham one grave. But this man, he's not looking for one grave. He wants to have a presence now in the city of Hebron, family plot. And that means, <laughs> what do you mean? Now, the whole family be buried there. There's going to be Jews starting to come living in this town over here. It's going to become uh, uh, like uh, Lakewood or, or, or something. Who knows what? Tom's River. Who knows what could happen to this place? And Ephron doesn't have... The right, there you have to speak to the council. Exactly, to the zoning board. And that's where Benehet are going to get involved. Benehet, you need their approval for the Ahuzah. You need Ephron just for the plot. For the plot for Sarah, you don't need to make a whole to-do with a zoning board and a council meeting and a vote and a... Yeah, one grave, big deal. So what's going to worse? going to have to worse. Abraham's going to come on the yard side. A couple of Jews will come every year on the yard side. Okay, so we'll sell them stuff. We'll open up a souvenir shop across the street from the Me'ara. But now that this man's asking for, for much more than that. And then it's going to turn to, to, to a tourist attraction like it is today. And everybody's going to want to come to Hebron. All these Jews now on their itinerary, you got to go to Hebron. If Sarah's married there, all right, you'll get some people, no question. But the whole family's be married there, everybody. So now that already Ephron says, now I, I can't give you rights for that. I could sell you a kebid. You got to go speak to the council for an ahuzah. And who's the council? Benechet. Now, if that's true, look how beautiful the pesukim are. The pesukim are so beautiful. After Abraham buys the Ma'arat Machpelah, after he buys it. I'm reading Pesukim Yud Zayin now. Bayakom Sede Ephron, Asher Bamachpelah. The sale was finalized. Asher Lefnem Mamre, the Torah tells it was in the area of Mamre. Hasadeh Bamara Shirbo, the field, the Mara, the Cholaet. I talked about the trees. Asher Basadeh Shemichol Gibulo, Le Avraham, Le Mekna, Le Ene Benechet. Bechol Baesha Ariro. That's it. Abraham bought it. He purchased it. Very nice. Are we done? He purchased it. Look at the next pasuk. Kavar Abraham It sounds like you're repeating the same thing again. In pasuk Yudzayin and Yudchid it says he bought it. And then in your tent in Chaf it says, he bought it. How many times did he buy it? Unless the two purchases are referring to two different items. Let's see if we can apply the Rashbam's formula into this text. I'm going to read it again. It became a purchase to Abraham. What became a purchase? 
Over here it just mentions the Ma'arat HaMechpelah in the first purchase. In the second purchase, the Pasuk says, Vayakum so therefore, from you see from the Pesukim, the first thing Abraham bought was a kever. The second thing is when he bought was a achuzat kever. So the Torah has to write it in two different stages, because it was two different purchases. Now watch how beautiful who he purchased from. When it comes to the kever, listen to the language of the Pasuk. It says, what does Le'ene Benechet mean? In front of them. Le'ene, like you said, in front of their eyes. When it comes to the Ahuzat Kever, it says Me'et Benechet. From them. Which means when he was buying the grave, he didn't need to negotiate with Benechet, it was in front of them. But it was not from them. When the grave, he's only dealing with Ephron. Happened to be Benecheta standing there. Baruch they have their cameras, they're taking selfies with Abraham Abinu. I don't have a problem with that. But it's Le'ene Benechet. However, when it comes to the Ahuzah, that is not Le'ene Benechet. That's Me'et Benechet. Me'et from. They were not just spectators in that acquisition. They were actually the ones that had to sign off. You could take this as a family plot. You understand the difference between Le'ene and Me'et? Now watch something else. When Abraham buys the, the plot, so the Pasuk tells us in Yud Zayin, in Yud Chet, the Me'ara, the Abraham, etc. It doesn't even tell us where it is, because I know where it is. I know, I know very well where it is by now. It's in Kiryat Arba, in Hebron. We, we, know, we know exactly where it is. By this point, at the end of the story, when it's giving the recap, nobody has to tell me the location of the Marat HaMakbelah. However, listen to when Avraham is purchasing the Ahuzat Kever. It says, He buries his wife. El Me'arat Tzedeh HaMakbelah al Penem Mamre. He Hebron. Wow. Look how many details it gives me where the Ahuza is. It's in Mamre, which is Hebron. And where is Hebron? In Eres Kena'an. That's I say, Brooklyn, New York, United States of America. Wow. Why all the details all of a sudden? There's a big thing here. There's a very big sword that the Ibn Ezra writes. Ibn Ezra says, you know why the Torah is making such a big fuss of all this story? Because God promised Abraham Eris Israel. And this is the first time Abraham legally now begins the acquisition of Eris Israel. Not because he bought a grave for his wife, that's personal. But the fact now that he has a, a holding in the city of Hebron, now already there's an Ahuzah. So when it talks about the Ahuzah, the Torah says the Ahuzah does not have bearings just on Abraham, but it's Hebron Now already it's telling us it would have ramifications to the whole Eres Kena'an. Because this is the beginning of Abraham's hold, not only in Hebron. But it's the beginning of the hold of Bnei Israel from here. And then Ufarat Stayama Bakid Matsafona Banegma. Abraham's first footprint in the land of Eretz Israel is at this point when Benehet signed over Ahuzat Kever. Now, they thought it would end in Hebron, but they didn't know. If they would have known what ended up happening, they probably wouldn't have signed off on it. But for us, this is a great victory for Abraham Abinu. He, got, he, has his, he has his foot in the land. As they say, he has his foot in the door. Now what's already has Ahuzah? You know what it would lead to? From Hebron, it would go to Eres Kenan. And that's why the Torah, in the Ahuzah area, in the holding area, the Torah writes it very, very long where the location is. It did not have only 
ramifications in Mamre, which is Hebron, but it will ultimately lead to Eris Kenan. You following so far? Beautiful. Now we're done. And why would the Torah always write it over and over again? Because we have a rule. Whatever the Torah loves to talk about, the Torah will repeat over and over again. You know, like the Mishkan. How many parashiot do we have about this Mishkan? I mean, Terumah, Tesaveh, Vayakel, Pekudeh, at least four major parashiot. And you say, what is the Torah repeating? You know what the answer is? Torah loves the Mishkan. And when you love something, you know there's certain people that keep on repeating the same stories, the stories that they love. They tell the, Anytime they have a chance to tell the story, they tell the story, because they love it. And therefore, whenever the Torah can talk about this acquisition, because what, what do you mean? This is not an acquisition of a grave for Sarah. And this is not a family plot for Abraham. This is the beginning of the acquisition of the entire Eretz Canaan. If you want to look at our holding of the land of Israel, it's here. So anytime the Torah can, can say something about it, it says, and they buried, at the end of the parasha, they buried Abraham. You know where they buried him? Oh, I got to tell you where they buried him. That's the field that he bought with the Ahuzah from Benehed. Oh, And now Yaakov Abinu says, do me a favor, when you bury me, bury me in that field. You know which field? Oh, I got to tell you the story. Abraham bought it with the Ahuzah from Benehed. And then when they bury him, the Torah says, I know you know it, but you got to let me say it again. We're burying him in the spot where Abraham... Because this Torah, Eretz Yisrael is so havivat to Takadosh Baruch Hu. And our initial entrance and acquisition and standing and holding it to Eretz Yisrael was this, was this story. And therefore the Torah has all the ink in the world and all the patience and all the space in order to just repeat it and say it over and over again. But we have one more question. Oh yeah, it's Haq. By Yitzhak, it's not mentioned. I have a theory. Very good theory, by the way. Mrs. Sadat, that's a wonderful theory. What Mrs. Sadat is saying, although I didn't intend to say it, but I will say that answer. It's a beautiful answer. Yitzhak Avinu is the only one of the Avot that never left Eretz Yisrael. All the other Avot, they went back and forth. So therefore, by the other avot, you need to reinforce the greatness of Eretz Yisrael. Oh, it's the field, the beginning. By Yitzhak, his essence reinforces the Kedushah of Eretz Yisrael. He never left. You don't need to remind us of the holding of Eretz Yisrael. If there's anybody that will teach us through his existence, having a standing in the Holy Land, it's Yitzhak. He never left. So therefore, you don't need to tell. Yitzhak himself is the story. He himself is a story of having a stake in, in the land of Israel. He never left. Abraham went to Mitzrayim, he went to Pilishtim, uh, Yaakov Abinu lived outside by Laban for many years, he went to Mitzrayim. So there the Torah goes out of its way to say, Israel. But you don't need to promote Israel when you're talking about Yitzhak. Yitzhak is Israel. <laughs> he doesn't even have a passport, he doesn't need a passport. That's a good answer. I'm assuming that's what you meant. But I, of course, but, but I, have a, I have a different answer, which is based on the rule of This week in Eretz Yisrael, Parashat Hayat Sarah, they have a pilgrimage of Jews that go and they camp out in Hebron and they spend Shabbat by Ma'arat HaMachpelah. It's something amazing. Tens of thousands of Jews and they have a Shabbat in Marat HaMachbelah. And something happens on this Shabbat that doesn't happen all year long. All year long, we have access to most of the Marat HaMachbelah, but there's one area that the Jews do not have access to. And that is Yitzhak Aminu. You have to get very lucky to have access to Yitzhak Aminu. Maybe it's open one or two days a year. Shabbat Hayasarah is one of the days. And they kick the Arabs out, and the Jews have security there, and they can go in. And the Arabs come along, and either they say, because it's not Yitzhak, they take it to Ishmael, whatever the reason why they don't let us in, but we don't have any access. I myself, 
who have visited Ma'arat Makhpelah tens of times, I don't think I ever accessed its Aminu. Could you imagine? So the Torah might have been hinting to us. When it came to all the Avot, Abraham and Sarah and Yaakov, uh, when it mentions their burials, it comes and reminds us, it's ours, we have an Ahuzah, we have a holding, we have a standing, it belongs to us, and it's hinting to us that we'll have access. But by its Hakavinu, it doesn't even mention that he's buried in the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. Because for practical purposes, it doesn't make a difference because they're not going to let you in anyway. And therefore the Torah is hinting to us, we don't see the Ahuzah of Eris Yisrael by its Haq. We see the Ahuzah by the Kevin of Yaakov, by the Kevin of Ram, by the Kevin of Sarah, but the Kevin of Yitzhak, it's as almost as if, who does it look like has an Ahuzah in Eretz Yisrael when it comes to Yitzhak? The Arabs. When it comes to the Kevin of Yitzhak, it almost looks like we're the guests, and they're the ones that are telling us where we can go and where we can't go. And the Torah, by uh, not mentioning Ahuzah by Yitzhak, could be giving us a premonition that there's going to come a time where at least Legabe Yitzhak, the Ahuzad, does not become manifest. And how, how ironic, the one that never left Eretz Israel, the one that was Olat Tamima and Davka by him, we don't have the, the ability to see who's the proprietor of Ma'arat HaMachpelah. But that's only obviously temporary. Hachamim come along and tell us that when the Mashiach comes, ultimately the access will be as well. There is uh, certain areas that we have outside the Ma'arat HaMachpelah that we stand in order to try to get a, an alignment towards Yitzhak Avinu, but we don't have the total. And that explains why the Torah repeats it, because it's a story worth repeating. Not the Kivit. But the Ahuzat Kevin. And that's why Benehet was central in the negotiations. Because they had to give permission to Ephron not only to sell a grave, but to sell a, a site, to sell a, 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 now a Jewish landmark, what's going to be. And they were right, they knew it was going to happen. And look what happened now. Now Hebron's going to have 30,000 Jews coming for Shabbat over there. All because Abraham said, it's Ahuzah. And it all starts from Hebron. And Hebron's acquisition leads to Eris Kena'an. And there'll come a day, Be'ezat Hashem, where we're going to see the full acquisition. And then the Ma'ara, but there's not going to be a need for the Ma'ara, because there's going to be Tihayat Hametim. And then the Sadiqim are going to come out. And then Be'ezat Hashem, Bore Ulam will redeem us. Like it says in the Pasuk, Va'alu Moshi'im Ba'arisiyon Nishpot Etar Isab, Va'yetala Adonai Yamelucha, Va'yadonai Lemelech Al-Kola Aris, Ba'yom Ahuya Adonai Yachad, Ushmo Yachad. Thank you.